So you know what, Stuart? One thought that's been occurring to me lately is just how important OSIsoft interfaces are to the allure of the Pi system solution. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out at these conferences all the time, and I'm talking to plan engineers, and one of the magic moments that we have in, in a conversation about the Pi system is that we support any interface or any data protocol they can throw at us. Because they have a lot. They've been buying different stuff for yeah, years. Yeah, they go around to different data historians, and they only support this type of you know, data or that type of data protocol. They often have specialized PLCs or SCADA systems. And one of their first questions is always, do you interface with my GE FANUC or do you interface mm-hmm. with my Siemens SL1200? Or And one of the strengths we have at OSIsoft with the Pi system is that we have interfaces that go to nearly everything in the world. Like I remember when I started here, like one of the, the lines that I was I heard over and over again. It's like we have over 450 interfaces, and it's like that's I don't even know yeah. the significance of that number, but it sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so one of the reasons we're at this point now is because there was a decision made early on. I only know this because I had a short conversation with Mr. Pat Kennedy himself about this. There was a decision made early on to create interfaces on the spot as customers needed them, and then continue to support them going forward. So, uh, so that's why we chose interfaces for this recording and, and brought Julie in. So Julie's been with OSIsoft for 21 years. She's, she was hired on as an interfaces developer. And, and here she is two decades later. And what and are you she's now, the, Julie? She's group leader. I, group leader, because I couldn't develop the interfaces anymore and we had better people to develop those interfaces. Right. So it's been a lot of fun. How big is your group? Yeah. A lot of people, 28. 28, wow, okay. 28, maybe officially, but unofficially, you're probably looking 34, 36. And how many developers do we have here in San Leandro? In San, I don't know about San Leandro itself, but we're looking probably... I'm just thinking, you, you've got probably, what, 20, 30% of the developers under you then? Oh, pro- probably. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, probably, but there's a lot of work to do. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of work, because there's a lot of different systems out there. Right. And right. a, a lot of systems that we've already developed. Mm-hmm. And these interfaces need support, enhancements, and bug fixes. Do you find that you need to build a lot more de- interfaces? Like, I know in the past, there's a lot of different, there's a big variety in data sources, and you had to build mm-hmm. interfaces to them. Nowadays, are there more standards? There's standards. Uh, new standards are emerging. Uh, but what we're finding is that, you know, in the past, we kind of used OPC as a catch-all, uh-huh. which, because it's the most popular interface. But but in, in reality, we like to go native when possible because we can give a fuller functionality. You know, OPC is is, is basically a middle layer. Oh, allows us to in, to in, uh, interface to a number of different sources. But having the ability to write a, to develop a standard interface gives us a lot more flexibility to really write a more complete interface. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When you interface with a native, application. yeah. If we go with a native, well, if we go native, okay, and and leave out the OPC. You know, so, so what you're saying is there's always something on the on the PLC or SCADA system end that's converting the data to OPC, and then we're converting it back into the pod. Well, really, you know, what, what, uh, the way OPC works is someone has written an interface from that OPC server to collect data from that. You know, it's a native interface right. to collect data from that system and then store it in the OPC server, and then our OPC client, the OPC interface, collects that data. So right. there are two interfaces with the OPC interface, really, from the raw data to the Pi system. Except the only one that we do is our OPC interface, the interface to the OPC server. Okay. Right. Yeah. 
That's a distinction I wasn't even aware of before. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. Thought, I thought the data like, has to get there somehow, and it's really done by a native. Someone, some other company, the third-party vendor, wrote a native interface to collect I, that data. Wow, that's, that's I mean, really it's a standard with respect to um, interfacing with a client, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But not for the collection of data itself. Interesting. You use Pi APIs. It could be file-based. could be web service. could be, you know, XML. Whatever. That's why we so, do those things. These yeah. things because we learn new stuff. Cool. Uh, how many interfaces were there when you started here? Do you remember? That's a, yeah, that's a pretty good question, and I probably could get a pretty good answer. I'm, I'm thinking. So we're talking 1991. There were probably less than 100 customers. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. you know, it's interesting. There were Ken Coates developed a lot of interfaces early on. Uh-huh. It was all done on BMS, right? Yeah. Uh, there was the Bailey. There was the chip. There was some. Uh, I'm going to say probably, go on on a limb, 15 maybe. Could be more though. Okay. 15. Let's just go with 15. Okay. I, I, could be, I could be off. 15. But wow. Okay. And we've come to over 400 now. So. For, for, you can say that, I, and the number I give is that I can safely say that since OSIsoft has been a, a company, we have developed 450 interfaces. Right. Since we've been in business okay. since 81. Now, I've heard the number uh, the number that are actually in use right now is a lot lower than that. It is. Yeah. It like is. something like high 200s or something like it, that? It's, it's probably maybe even a little bit less than that. Okay. And with the advent of OPC, a lot of those actually were, were superseded. You know, okay. OPC, you know, took the place of those. Okay. Um, and also, many of the inter- first interfaces were developed on VMS, right? Mm-hmm. The operating system. And then they were ported over to Windows. So those interfaces themselves were no longer used. People went directly over to Windows. Okay. They're Windows equivalent. So so one more question from the early the early days. Sure. You came fresh out of college to OSI? No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay, okay. When you did get to OSI, what did you think of the Pi system? Well, okay. So what was your initial So when I came out of college, I spent eight and a half years as a process engineer at Shell Oil to okay. Park Refinery. Okay. Originally wanted to go into the computer applications and control group, but started out as a process engineer for four and a half years and then got into the computer applications group. At that point, then Shell had uh, uh, software, it's called Flick, Fortran, Fortran Language Industrial Control, ran on ModCom um, computers. We had the source to that. And so we had basically our own very primitive historian. And so my job, I wrote really more primarily applications to service uh, the operating units um, in doing things, uh, providing reports to them, providing, uh, setting things up for displays. Never really did any, any interfacing with them right, at so all. Once the data has been collected, showing it in some meaningful way. Yeah, it was already, it was already, in, it was already in the mod comp at that point. Um, but it was pretty primitive. And so when I came to interview at, OS, at Oil Systems at that time, right. Um, first thing, of course, Pat showed me um, the Pi system. And really, the first thing I said is, oh, my gosh, I wish Shell had this. Because it was it was day and night, mm-hmm. much more sophisticated, even in 91, than what we had and what most of it, what all of Shell had at that time. And I thought, wow, could, it, because Pat just spent just a little bit of time showing me the functionality and what you could do. And I was just like, wow, our user would have rocked. I mean, just rocked. <laughs> so so I, I'll throw in another thing really quick. We originally tried to get Shell early on, and that was in the, that was in the 80s. Well, I remember going with Pat and 
came close and it came to price. And dang it, we lost. It was like, and, and it hurt because, you know, I hear I'd work for Shell and I, and I was proud of the system. I knew what we could do. So it was so, it was so great when we, we finally got Shell as a customer. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt really good just because, you know, I'd worked for eight and a half years for Shell and mm-hmm. I knew we put out a great system. So it was really cool. I know Shell's a huge customer of ours now. Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. That's great. That's a really cool story. That'd be yeah, a nice connection between like a former like home you have and then the, the current home you have. Yeah. It's really great. So what's the biggest challenges for interfaces? Like what, I don't know, leads an interface to get to its breaking point? Or what's the limits of current interfaces now? Okay, that's, like, a, that's, that's a good point. Um, you know, scalability is a big issue. When we, when we first developed software, um, our, our thoughts on scale are completely different than what we have now. You're more thinking so, of just, just get in data. Well, no. Well, no. I mean, you could say that 5,000 points is a lot or maybe mm-hmm. 20,000 points is a lot. Not 200,000 points or not like if you look at the, if you look metering, meter interfaces, the AMI interfaces, which are millions of points. So I would say that that really is one of the biggest issues we, we face is really saying, okay, we need to be able to handle the scale. Okay, that, that, that's, that's right. huge. Scale is, is a huge one. Yeah, especially with our server scaling so much now. And and increased functionality, maybe mm-hmm. leading into a little bit. Um, but let's make it easier for the users. Let's, you know, instead of having a separate application to help you create points, which auto point synchronization did, but only for a limited number of interfaces. Every interface take care of creating the points. And, oh, by the way, we have this great asset database now, which is a differentiator for the Pi system. So we're in the process um Firmly along the way of um, of going in, in the very near future, those are the interfaces we are going to be putting out. Yeah, that reminds me. So interfaces store some of their configuration data in the MDB of the Pi server. In the future, is that going to be migrating to the AF? How, how interfaces? Oh, you're thinking the ICU control. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about the yeah, ICU, ICU control. controls. The newer interfaces will have completely different uh, graphical user interface. Right. Yeah, okay. Completely different. And they'll will they be storing things on the back end differently, like NAF rather than NDB? It is all going to be different, but it's all going to be better. Okay. I mean, it's interesting. I I think I what I like is when you see an idea. Okay, so it's neat when you have things and you gradually improve it and you see the improvements. But when you see when someone comes up with a step change that blows the doors off what you were doing before, which is really what our next gen, but I say next gen interfaces will be, but we're currently working on. It's it's really cool. I mean, to be part of that is a really neat feeling. Wow. To kind of have a sense of what's coming. It's like, wow, yeah, this is and it's be great. it's going to be that much better for the users. That much better for I think for tech support. I mean, it's 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 a win win for everyone. That's awesome. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Yeah. I I know in tech support I have had to do the uh, the dreaded DCOM configuration oh. for <laughs> OPC interfaces. That was more in field service. Um, is is there anything that's going to be addressing those kind of connections? Well, to make it really I, easy. You know. OPC is is our most popular interface. Yes. But the technology itself is is, is very antiquated. I mean, from the standpoint, or I say antiquated. It's been around for a long, long time. It's used everywhere. It's ubiquitous. But since ni- it was, it's been around since about 1995 or earlier. Okay. Right. So and now, has it changed that much? No, not really. Yeah. So the next thing coming out though, really, will be OPC UA, which handles the security issues associated with OPC. OPC UA. What is OPC Unified UA? architecture. Okay. And so we are just now starting on development of an OPC UA interface. But what that means is unless uh, the vendors will start writing uh, OPC UA servers. But OPC, as we know it, it's going to be around for a long, 
long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can believe it. If the, all these other things have been around for a long time, OPC will yeah. oh, definitely yeah. continue to be around. Okay, so, so okay, this is a question that doesn't have a right answer, and it's applicable to both the present time and the future, but let's just keep it to the present for now. Okay. If you look at the suite of products that OSI offers, I mean, we sell the Pi system now. Mm-hmm. We don't sell an individual part. Sure. How, and, and this goes back to my initial thoughts on interfaces, you know. We're always, if you, if you just look at our marketing material, you're just going to get blasted with PyServer, PyCoreSite, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. How much do you think the overall value of interfaces compares to the other components in the system? Well, I, I'm just a little biased, so of course I'll say <laughs> we're number one, guys. Come on. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no. I, I think it's a team. Well, it's, it's, like a, it's, like, it's always a team, right? Everything is a team, and it's components. Yeah. And everything, you know, synergy, right? Mm-hmm. It, uh, the sum is greater than the individual parts. But without these individual parts, you can really be lacking. So think of a mm-hmm. car. You got this great car. You got this great engine, great, great interior. What if piece you don't of the have car wheels, if you don't like have wheels, wheels okay. which you know interfaces are where the rubber meets the road. Let's let's okay. let's be honest. Yeah. If you don't have that connectivity, if you it, it, to point. devices, you have no data. You're a pretty car on blocks. Yeah. That's right. You're a pretty car on blocks. Yeah. But conversely, I don't care if you have the best interface suite known to man. If you don't have a system like the other components of the Pi system, you're lacking, right? right. So it really is the sum of the, everything is together. But but interfaces are important. We get right. deals. There are customers, say the nuclear customers, they have one interface to their plant process computer. That's it. If you don't develop that interface, you don't got that customer. Yeah. Right. And and ideally, we would love to develop interfaces that are used, that are shrink wrap. Right, and and most of our interfaces are just like the Pi system, right? It's not customized. Mm-hmm. It's like you buy a um, you buy a backnet interface. It can work in a number of different environments. Or right. if you bought a chip environment interface, it could be pharmaceuticals. It could, or let's go Delta V because that's current. But it could be in mining. It could be in oil and gas. It could be in pharma, right? Uh, and that's that one interface can go anywhere. But but again. We'll do the custom interface if that's what it takes for the customer to get that data. Cool. Do you have some kind of turnaround you aim for with a, like a request? A request comes in for a new interface to get a customer. Do you like put somebody on the spot? Well, it's hard. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I hate pulling our, our developers off when they're playing, you know, their, their games and Tetris. I'm kidding. Everyone's <laughs> working their butts off. Um, so really staffing has always been a, you know, staffing to get things done. Um, so it's a resource what, you have. It's a resource, yeah. But what we tell customers is typically three to four months by the time we get the PO. You know, if it's that critical, we will we'll get that out. And with our newer interfaces, which are going to be the next gen, because then now you're looking at assets, that extends a, uh, out a bit more. Okay. But currently, in the, you know, uh, currently, right now, we're still going to say three to four now, months. When you say um, brings in assets with the new interface, you're saying, uh, is this an interface that automatically builds out your yes, asset if, tree? Yes, if, if, if the foreign system makes asset information available, we will populate it at the same time that we're populating real-time data. In Pi AF? Yes. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a differentiator. No, that, that's That's big. a huge differentiator. I Lots. teach Pi AF, and one of the things that we have to really get, get into people's heads is like, okay, you've got AF, and it's just this wide, open, blank area that they can do a lot with, but it's just blank. They don't know the possibilities well, yet. I think of writing a paper. Right, it's always easier to edit someone's paper and actually, you know, who gives you some ideas, right. rather than starting something from scratch, right? Yeah, and that's absolutely. what it, that's what helps the user. Think of it that way. 
Yeah. And you're getting data right from their control system. So they'll have an automatic tree built out, and then they'll be able to edit it according to Doing what... Doing what, they, what, they'll, what they'll need to do. Okay. So I want to try and draw some overlap between some of our previous shows and, and this recording. Okay. So we talked with Richard Beeson yeah. earlier about his work on Pi in the Cloud. Mm-hmm. And d- does that have any implications for where interfaces are going? Yes. Yes, it does. Buddy. Okay. Because ne- our, our, what we're currently working on, but which will be next gen can talk with Pi on-premise okay. and can talk with Pi. We'll be able to talk with Pi in the cloud. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. The interfaces will the interfaces be able to themselves. directly talk with Pi in the cloud. Absolutely. Wow. That's huge. That is and, huge. And, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about that, uh, just very slightly. Um, Whatever you can The idea, yeah. where, you know, I was talking about the step change. So where does step change come from interfaces? When they were looking at how do we get data into the cloud, that's what, came, that's what drove this new architecture, this new framework for us for de- development of interface. We said we can't just send data on premise to both the Pi, you know, the Pi uh, archive, data archive into AF. Mm. You got to be able to send it to Pi in the cloud. And that was our step change because suddenly it's like a new framework is in order. Yep. Yeah. So wow, it's really that's cool. Amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. it is. It, it, yeah. it really is. It's almost like the light bulb, you know, things like yeah. that where it's like, bam. Um, and yeah, it's, as far as interfaces, it's just such such a fundamental shift to not be sending it locally. Like that's just been like a fundamental part of the Pi system. Like there's mm-hmm. an interface and it sends it to another computer called the Pi server locally. But to right. actually send it directly onto the cloud is yeah, it's cool. That's it's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, uh, so we're, it's fast answer time. Oh, so, this, is the one I, this is the one I was dreading, guys. Yeah, all right. That's all right. It doesn't have to be that Dread fast. not. Tread not. Oh, we'll make you look good. Yeah, dread yeah. locks. Dread locks, right? Okay. <laughs> that's how I'm looking good. Okay. So we'll ask you a question. And just give us the answer, and then we'll, we'll go back and forth, and we'll see where we get with it. Okay. So you ready? Um, I guess so. What is your favorite interface? Favorite interface? Pi to Pi. Ooh. Pi I developed Pi. Pi to Pi early on VMS, 1995. <laughs> And she, she, and she winked at me. Yeah, she gave yeah. us the wink. That was, that was good. Very suave. All right, next fast question. What's the hardest interview question you give new hires, developers that you want that are going to work on your team potentially? I don't have one. Do you give them brain teasers? No, I don't. I would not give them the brain Thank teaser. God. Let's oh, just be would. honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, do, yeah. I actually, I don't think I ask hard questions. Yeah. At all. Because I don't do much interviewing. I know this sounds bad. You don't want to hear the, you know, because it's the fast question time. But I don't. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I really don't. Okay. You know what? I take the people I get and, and, I, and we have very good people who do interviews and I have no doubt that they get past all that. I got past it. So that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question. Yeah. Do you have a favorite author or speaker in the, the sphere of programming and development? Like so, Well, like, okay. Code, code Complete is the Bible. And uh, I can't even remember who, who wrote it, and I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. to say that. Sorry. But Code Complete, because if a developer reads Code Complete, even though it was written many years, they're going to get a very good understanding of the basics of good, good programming. Great. Got it. All right. Last question. Okay. So you have friends and family, and they don't work for OSI Soft. Correct. Non-engineers. And sometimes they ask you, so, so Julie, uh, what, what is it that you do? What do you do? And do you have a 30-second, what is pie talk? Like, what, do you, what do you tell layman? I, uh, easy. I say any type of data from some sort of process that has a value that you can measure, we want that data. And so my group, 
writes the interface, writes pro computer programs that will go and do whatever it takes to actually collect the data from that system and store it into a data archive That's and great. soon to be an asset. But it has a value and a timestamp. You so win. You win for best answer to that question. We ask everybody that. All right. That was very clean. Yeah. That was very nice. I think the only word I would have been like, what, what does that mean? It would be archive, data archive. Richard paused for about 10 seconds when we asked him that, and he was like, I can't answer that. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's, for, for many people, it's an anxiety-inducing question. I asked Honestly, this at the UC, and everyone was like, oh, what's yours? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, no. yeah, I'm, I'm at booths all the time. So customers... Well, I was only doing really the interface part. Too. Yeah, and it, I, I like that you've, you've, lo you've localized yeah, it just to what you to, do. I went back to my, yeah. my comfort zone. Right. You'll get there. <laughs> Podcasts. So uh, I want, I'm curious what your hobbies and passions are, Julie. Like, what are, you, what are you passionate about in the world? You know, I love to be outside almost all the time. So I, we're very fortunate here in San Leandro. It's a great biking community. I've uh -huh. uh, been a little busy, it seems like, to go out and bike. But we bike. You get a great, great workout. I love to hike. I love to backpack. I love to kayak. I play tennis. I like to be outside. Nice. If I'm not if I'm not working, I'm gonna be outside doing something fun. Nice. How many pairs of sunglasses do you have? Not enough, probably. I think I have. <laughs> I can tell you, I have three. No, uh, three. Three. That's it. More than I've got. I've got one large and fabulous one. There's there's been so many things that came up that I wasn't expecting in this interview that I'm like, there's got to be so much more out there. Yeah, this this was an incredibly educational interview for me, and I hope it will be for <laughs> our listeners too. So thank you, Julie, for coming and joining us and answering our questions. You did really well. Well, thanks for inviting me. I enjoyed it. No problem. Yeah, it's great to have you. So, um, oh, uh, one, one actually the last point we should say is that if our listeners have any feedback for you that you want to hear, is there anything in particular that the Interfaces group or you would want to hear from customers? Right. We always want to hear how our Interfaces are doing. And, and obviously, um, it, we're like the Maytag people. I think everyone at OSI Soft, if things are going good, Everyone's so busy, you're not going to hear from them. Right. Let's be honest. Right. If things aren't going good, though, we want to hear from them because we want to make the best products that we can. Yeah. And um, start oh, always open a tech support call first thing because it, that's tracking the communication. Things get to things get to me; they get to our product specialists, and that's good. But always open a um, a support call. But we want to hear. I mean, that yeah. includes bug, bugs, but also requests for enhancements. Right. So, so any feedback you have that might not fall into the tech support category, you can always email to Stuart and I at podcast at OSI.com and we'll get it to Julie. Definitely. Okay. Well, tune in next time for the podcast. Uh, thank you, Julie. This was super. I, I look forward to maybe interviewing again in the future someday. Cool. Thanks. All right. All right. I'm Glenn. And I'm Stuart. Thanks for listening.